Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Abba, we thank you for your goodness and your presence and your love this morning and your faithfulness. And we pray that uh, your Word would go forth and edify and encourage your people, O God, and uh, that you would um, speak to us in a new way this morning. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, uh, did you hear about the man who won $3 million in, in the lottery? Yeah. He said he, he said he would give a quarter of it to charity. I thought that was, that was pretty generous. That way he said he would still have $2,999,999.75. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty generous. So why do I bring this up? Uh, because it's, it's a special Shabbat this week. As we've mentioned, it's called Shabbat. Do we know? Shekalim. Yes, the Shabbat of shekels. So the shekel was and is a coin used in Israel. So why is this called Shabbat Shekalim? It's because it's the Shabbat around the first of Adar, in which we are looking forward to that festival in March, right? No, it's not St. Patrick's Day. It's not daylight savings time. As fun as it is to lose an hour of sleep, no, no. What we are looking forward to is Purim, right? The Feast of Esther. And so this week, we reread a section of last week's Parsha, which relates to Adar and relates to Purim. And that is Exodus 30, verses 11 through 16. We read it uh, during the Torah service, but let's take a look at it again. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, When you tally the the sum of B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, by numbering them, then every man must pay a ransom for his soul. Somebody say, ransom for his soul. To Adonai, when you count them, so that no plague will bef- will fall on them. Everyone co- among them who crosses over must give half a shekel. Somebody say half a shekel, according to the sanctuary shekel, which is twenty geras. Half a shekel as an offering to Adonai. Everyone who crosses over among them who is counted from twenty years old and upward is to give the offering to Adonai. The rich are not to give more, and the poor are not to give less than the half shekel, when they present the offering of Adonai to make atonement for your souls. You are to take the atonement money from B'nai Yisrael and give it for the service of the tent of meeting so that it may be a memorial for B'nai Yisrael before Adonai to make atonement for your souls. Interesting, right? Half shekel. Just a, just a half shekel, right? All the Israelites were to bring to atone, quote-unquote, for their souls, most interpreters see this as a reference to there was a debacle, I would call it, uh, uh, just, that just happened. Do we remember what just happened in last week's Parsha that this might be referencing? The golden calf, yes. 
So that just happened. So each one would pay the same amount toward the construction of the tabernacle, but this was just after the golden calf debacle where we uh, fell into idolatry. And in this way, uh, when they paid the half shekel, Israel would be counted. This was a way of taking a survey. They were not to count the people directly, but rather count the half shekels that adults 20 and older would, would give. So the idea here is that the silver coins represent ransom, they represent redemption, and they represent atonement, right? The same word, I don't know if you noticed when we read the Hebrew, there's a kafir was in there, right? Which is where we get Kippur, the day of atonement, right? Okay, so what's the relationship between this and Purim? Well, several things. There's actually some interesting connections. Number one, Haman, all right, actually tried to buy our destruction with silver coins. Did you know that? Esther uh, chapter 3, verses 8 through 9 says this. Haman then said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose laws differ from those of every other people and who do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let an edict be written to destroy them. I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry out this business to put it into the king's treasuries. So... In other words, if you're following along, we pay the half shekel toward the temple on Adar to avoid destruction, the destruction of the plague and the destruction of Haman. I'm sorry? There we go. All right. Reish Lakish, who was a sage born around the year 200, he wrote this referencing the the Mishnah, which is uh, one of the early rabbinic writings. This is what he said. Rabbi Reish Lakish. It was revealed and known before the one who spoke and the world came into being that Haman would spend a large sum of money in order to destroy Israel, as it is so written in the third chapter of Migalat Esther, which we just read. Therefore, he preceded Haman's silver by Israel's silver. And this accords with what the Talmud says in Meshechet Megillah. On the first of Adar, an announcement is made concerning the Shekelim. The Shekelim. So the half shekel of silver is meant to counteract destruction, be it the destruction of the plague or the destruction of the evil Haman. It is a ransom. It is marked as redemption. And so this is to be collected around the first of Adar, which is right now, right? We're around the first of Adar, at least the second Adar, and so that's why this is Shabbat Shekelim. And so these, are, these two things are combined in Jewish tradition. The half shekel contributed by Israel, it counteracts the 10,000 silver talents that Haman used to try to destroy us. And there is a custom to continue this tradition by donating to charity, uh, right before Purim. So around this time, people give to charity sometimes. Sometimes they give uh, a half dollar, right? Or they give monetary in, in half, right? Because it, it's, it's like the half shekel 
offering. Does that make sense? Right? So they will do donate half of something. Anyway, um, the question I'm thinking about here is, and the, that came to my mind as I was reading this, is that, uh, you know, a half shekel? Really? Right? How much is that? How much is that worth? Is that really enough to atone for the golden calf incident? Is it really enough to protect us from the 10,000 silver coins of that guy? I, I didn't say it. <laughs> well, his name? Um, I think it starts with an H. I can't remember. Uh, oh, it's Haman. Yeah. Is, is a half shekel really enough to protect us from that? Hmm. So on the Orthodox Union's website about Shabbat Shekelim, this is what they write. Quote, Moses was perplexed and could not understand this matter. How could this small coin suffice to be a life ransom for those who bowed down to the calf and said to it, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Rabbi Meir said, God brought forth the likeness of a fiery coin from underneath the throne of his glory. He showed it to Moshe and said to him, this they shall give, the likeness of this they shall give. That's from the Jerusalem Talmud in Shekelim. So there's a tension here. What is the correct price to ransom us? How much, how much is required to save Israel? What exactly is the price for our redemption? The prophet Micah struggled with this idea as well. And uh, I think many of us would recognize the last verse here, uh, which is Micah 6, 8. But the context before it is just as interesting. So he's contending here with this, struggling with this in Micah 6, verses 6 through 8. So let's read it together and see if we can kind of uh, understand what he was thinking about. With what shall I come before Adonai? With what shall I bow myself before God on high? Shall I present him with burnt offerings, with year-old calves? Will Adonai be pleased with thousands of rams, with hordes of rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my belly for the sin of my soul? He has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So there's a sense here, I don't know if you, if you felt it, but there's, there's really no price. There's no price we could possibly pay to ransom ourselves, is there? I mean, a half shekel? Scholars estimate that this would have been worth about about five bucks. How is that enough? Is there really any price we could pay that would be enough? Again, the Orthodox Union's website on Shabbat Shekelim is helpful. Quote, there is benevolence in action and benevolence in will and desire. Our sins have caused us the loss of the sanctuary. That's, you know, there's no longer a temple. And there are no sacrificial offerings. The mitzvah of the half shekel does not apply. Nevertheless, the mitzvah of reading the portion of shekelim from the Torah has not ceased. For the essence of the mitzvah of the half shekel is to awaken benevolent desire of a person's heart 
toward the fulfillment of his creator's will. And this awakening of the heart's desire always applies. And it is achieved when a Jew reads from the Torah the passages on this theme. Furthermore, at times, the desire to give is greater than the contribution itself. And though we are not capable of contributing toward the services of the sanctuary, that is the temple, nevertheless, since we do yearn to do so and rejoice in the mitzvah as we read it in the Torah, the Torah regards it as if we had fulfilled the mitzvah, the commandment. Thereby, may we also merit the practical fulfillment speedily in our days, unquote. As you probably know, I've been preaching through the New Covenant portions, which mostly go through uh, a particular book, gospel book, which is what? The book of John, right. But you notice today, we didn't read from John, right? Why is that? So for holidays, such as Purim, or uh, there's uh, often special Torah readings, which are out of order. We're used to that, right? And so the New Covenant readings have the same characteristic. So because this is a special Shabbat, Shabbat Shekalim, there's a special New Covenant reading, which is out of order from the regular readings going through John. And today's reading was in, was where? Do you remember? It was in Mark, right? This is from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 and following, which we heard earlier. He, that is Yeshua, sat down opposite the treasury and began watching how people were putting money into the offering box. Many rich people were putting in a lot. Then a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Calling his disciples over, he said to them, Amen, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those contributing to the box, for they all put in from their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had. Somebody say, everything she had. Her whole living. Many Bible teachers get to this passage, and they use it to talk about giving, right? It's pretty natural, right? Sacrificial giving to the congregation, for example. Now, I'm, I'm not going to discourage that necessarily, but I don't, I don't think it's ultimately the point of this passage. Perhaps this took place during Adar, when folks were giving toward the temple, just like we did for the tabernacle. Everyone was to give something, but this woman put in two small copper coins, which were probably worth less than a penny in today's standards, as we saw. Um, and this text deals with the same problem that we've been wrestling through. And that is this. What is the correct price that we, pre- that we pay for ransom and redemption and atonement? Notice Yeshua says she gave everything she had, her whole living. Some translations say she put her whole livelihood in. Do we know what this word is in the Greek? So the Greek offers a clue. It says she put in her bios, her bios. If I said bios, would we know what that is? It's where we get the word biology, the study of life. So Yeshua is saying literally this poor widow, she put in her what? She gave her life, her her bios. And this is what he commends. She gave her life. 
The true price of the golden calf incident was a plague. It took lives. The true price of Haman's destructive intention was the lives of the Jewish people. The true price of our sin is death. No amount of shekels could ever cover that. No sacrifice could ever atone for that. But there was another person after Haman. And he was also consumed by hate and greed. And his name was Judas of Iscariot. And he ransomed the life of the Holy One, Yeshua, for shekels of silver, just like Haman. Boo indeed. And he was bent on destruction of the Messiah, just like the guy in Purim was bent on the destruction of Israel. So Judas was bent on the destruction of the one man, Israel, Yeshua the Messiah. And in Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16, this is what we read. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judah of Creote, or Judas Iscariot, went to the ruling Kohanim, that's the priests, and said, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? And they weighed out 30 shekels of silver for him. From then on, Judah began looking for a chance to hand him over. How many shekels? How many shekels for the life of Yeshua? What is his life worth? He who was without sin, without fault, who was blameless and kind, the good shepherd, the good rabbi, the good healer. Was his life worth just 30 shekels? And we who cling to Yeshua, what price do we pay? The answer is, Torah says, life for life. Yeshua gave his life for us, and so we give our lives to him. The impoverished widow, she gave her life to God, her bios. And so we who cling to Yeshua, we are, we are bought. We are ransomed. We are redeemed. And we are atoned for because of the price that he paid. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 18 through 20, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your, bro- your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? And then he says this. Let's say it together. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Let's say that again. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Let's say it, let's make it about ourselves. I am not my own. I was bought at a price. Therefore, we honor God with our bodies. Now, the context of this is purity, but it applies to every area 
of our lives. Thank you, Jason. We were bought with a price, the greatest price, the life of the Messiah. And so because of that, if we trust that, then we belong to him. And if we belong to him, then we are his. And we owe him our life in return. And so on this Shabbat Shekalim, let's ask ourselves, how much have we rendered back to God? Because all of us, all of who we are belongs to him. Amen? How much of our lives have we rendered back? Are we, are we his in the synagogue, but not his at work? Are we his at work, but not in our homes? Are we his in the wider community? Does everything we are belong to him? Our desires, our mistakes, our gifts, our talents, our ministry, our dreams, our everything. Beloved, we are his. All that we are is his. Whoever gives their life to Yeshua gains the fullness of life. Yeshua paid the price by dying for us. And so we also die to ourselves in a similar way. What price should we pay for our mistakes, for our sins, for our failures? Do we say along with the prophet Micah, with what shall I come before Adonai? With what shall I bow myself down before God on high? Shall I present him with burnt offerings, with year-old calves? Will Adonai be pleased with thousands of rams, hordes of rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my belly for the sin of my soul? He has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. In other words, this is what it means to give our lives to him. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Avinu, what can we say? We, we stand before you, and in a sense, we have nothing to stand on. Um, there's no price we can pay, no, no sacrifice we could make that would make us right with you. But at the same time, we, we stand in righteousness, and we stand forgiven. And all that you ask is everything that we are. <laughs> and it's... It's so strange, Lord, but that everything that we are is a response because you gave everything that you are. You gave your life for us. And so out of gratitude and out of, out of joy, we joyfully give our, ourselves over to you, Lord. And we acknowledge that there are areas of our lives where, that we have not given to you. There are, there are rooms in our house where we have not wanted you to come in. But today, Lord, we, we say, come in. 
we say, all that we are is yours. And we say, Hineni, we say, here I am, Lord. And we want, we want, from here on out, we want a deeper, intimate relationship with you because you gave everything that you are to be with us. And so we want to give everything that we are in return out of love. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.